Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Have you stand to your feet because I, I have a word that's just, just stirring in my spirit to share with you. And I know for those of you at home, because this is going to apply to so many of you right now. You see, many are right now are relieved that we found a vaccine for COVID. Millions are lining up to get vaccinated for this, for this uh, virus that's going around. The problem is there is, a, there is a symptom, a virus that's going around called sin, and no one is seeking out, very few are seeking out the vaccination called salvation through Christ. That right now more than ever, we have the solution to what you're going through. Because this, this virus has caused a season of fear. It's caused people that at last year that were starting off to serve God, showing up to church, seeking the presence of God, wanting their marriage to grow stronger, wanting their faith to go deeper, making a decision to get their priorities in order. But something's taking place because of this virus. Instead of taking a step forward, you've taken a step back. God gave you a promise that he was going to do something great in your life. But as a result of all these things starting to pile up, you, you, you wanted to get out of debt, but then you got laid off. You wanted to strengthen your marriage, but now you and your spouse are in the house together, homeschooling your kids, and things are building tension. Rather than drawing closer, you're drawing apart. Come on, somebody. You, wanted, you were working hard at drawing close to God, but now you can't even tune in to a, lot, a service online. It's been harder to pray. It's been harder to worship. In fact, some of you don't even remember the last time you felt the presence of God. When's the last time you worship God for who he is, not for what he has? The season has been so challenging for so many financially, vocationally, spiritually, mentally, relationally. If you, you've gone through that season, come on, somebody say amen. And, and the problem is this. Hard times sometimes skew how we see things. Come on, say it again, Pastor. When we go through difficult seasons, one of the problems is, is now all of a sudden when God gives you a promise, it feels like all hell has busted out against you. And we think somehow that when God gives us a promise, that the, our road's going to be easy. God gave me a, a prophetic word that my marriage would be stronger, and now you and your spouse are fighting more than ever. He gave me a word that I was going to be anointed and I was going to touch lives, but I can't even pray right now. I'm having a hard time even worshiping God. Some of you have felt that, that God had promised you a, an anointing, a ministry to do something, and now you are questioning not your anointing, you're questioning your love for God. You're even questioning your faith. I want to take you somewhere this morning. You see... What we've gone through has affected how we see things. Those of you at home, you know what I'm talking about right now. The season of loss has affected the lenses by which we view everything. And when you begin to go through a series of loss, one, one loss is one thing. 
But when you start stacking up tough times and tough decisions and losses one right after the other, it's very easy to become skewed in our vision and in our expectation. When things start going wrong, it's hard to have faith that things will change because there's nothing in the natural to prove to you that God is about to move. Come on, if you know what I'm talking about, say amen. Our perception is tainted. Therefore, our reception becomes tainted as well. Oh, come on, you need, you need to understand what I'm saying. Your perception determines your reception. How we view things determines how we receive things. I want you to open your words right now to Genesis chapter 42. I want to talk to you about a man that has gone through some difficult times. You think you're in a difficult season. His name is Jacob, we know him as Israel. And Jacob's gone through some difficult times and we'll explain some of those difficulties in a moment. But here in chapter 42, verse 36, Jacob exclaims, check this out. You are robbing me of my children. Joseph is gone. Have you ever lost anything special to you? Come on, church, talk to me. Have you ever lost something special to you? He says, Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. My car broke down. The washing machine and dryer broke down. My, my kids are, are blowing it at school. My, my wife wants to leave me. My husband is having an affair. Have you ever went to back to back to back losses? Simeon is gone and now you want to take Benjamin too. Everything, someone say everything. Everything is going against me. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want you to see something. Jacob is no longer that young dreamer. He's an old man at this point. He, he, he has a dysfunctional family that he's dealing with. Not only did he come from a dysfunctional family... He has developed a dysfunctional family as well. The dreams of his youth have given way to the pains of adulthood. He, he had dreams as a young man, but now he's, as he's growing up, responsibilities have come up, issues have come up as well. He's lost his favorite son to a violent death. He's facing a famine, and after sending his sons to get food in Egypt, one of their sons is put into prison and held there until they can prove that they have a younger son by the name of Benjamin and they bring him back. When the sons go to their father and say, Dad, they, they won't give us any more food until we bring Benjamin with us to Egypt because the leader of Egypt wants us to bring your son with us to prove that we're not spies. And when they tell him we need to bring your youngest son with them, that's where he exclaims, Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin too. God, I've lost my job. Lord, Lord, I'm struggling right now in my relationship, in my marriage. I've lost my hope. And now you want to take this too. Have you ever felt like things were getting worse rather than getting better? 
Come on, some of you at home right now, you know what I'm talking about. It seems like string of troubles come up after you. Tough times can cloud your promise. When you go through difficult times, it seems like things just kind of snowball. See, ever since Joseph's death, it seems like everything was getting worse in, in Jacob's life. It seems like his, his view of life became tainted. I want you to understand that it seems that sometimes it seems the moment God gives you a promise, it's like a, all hell rises up against you. You get a string of bad luck. Anyone know what I'm talking about or am I the only one that's gone through this? Come on, those of you at home, have you ever felt like all hell was coming against you? You see, I want you to see something. Jacob had visitations from God. I want to encourage you right now. Just because you've had a visitation or an encounter with God doesn't mean that you're never going to have some bad things go on in your life. In fact, I would submit to you, the more encounters you have with God, the more hell will rise up against your life. Oh, come on, say it again, Pastor. God never promised an easy road, but he did promise to be with you on that road. He promised to never leave you nor forsake you. You see, Jacob had an encounter with God at Bethel where he changes the name for, uh, of Luz, which meant a city of agriculture. He changes it to Bethel. I want you to understand, when you have an encounter with God, he changed that, that, uh, that idea of Luz from an a agricultural city to Bethel, house of God. When you have an encounter with God, you have the ability to change the name of the city that you're dwelling. You can change it from the Silicon Valley into the house of uh, Oh, come on, you ain't hearing me. You can change your house into the house of God when you have an encounter with God. He had an encounter with them at Bethel while he was on the run from his brother. God revealed to him a strategy of success when his father-in-law was taking advantage of him. He had an encounter with God when God told him, it's time to move from your father-in-law's house and go back to the land I promised you. He had an encounter with God when his brother Esau was coming to meet him and he wrestled with God and his hip was put out of joint and his name was changed from Jacob deceiver into Israel prince of God come on somebody but ever since then from the time his name got changed it seemed like struggle after struggle after disappointment began to rise up against him listen to me those encounters with God didn't exempt him from the trials of life Oh, come on, those of you at home, just because you had an encounter with God doesn't mean you're never going to go through any, any trials. Jacob came from a family of dreamers. His grandfather dreamt, had a vision from God, Abraham. His father dreamt, and he had a dream. See, I need you to understand, dads, dreams are contagious. If the enemy can disappoint you to the point where you stop dreaming, it keeps your family and sons and their children from dreaming as well. You see, dreams are contagious, but so are tough times. So is negativity. I need you to stay with me on this, okay? His father, grandfather had a dream, he had a dream, and his father had a dream, and he had a dream. But all of a sudden, ever since the promise God gave to him, everything went wrong. Listen, he came from a dysfunctional family. His wife died, the one that he loved the most, that he had worked for 14 years to get, has passed away. 
His son Joseph is missing and presumed dead. A famine has hit the land so hard that now everything that they relied on is, is, is gone. And now he finds his son Simeon in prison in a foreign country. And now the son that he values the most is going to be taken and presumed lost as well. And Jacob says this, all these things are against me. All these things are, Jacob is shaken. We're talking about being unshakable, but the prince of God, the, 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 the founder of the land of Israel is shaken to his core. So many things have gone bad in his life that he can't even hold on to faith that God is going to bring out the promises that God promised to him. Everything has been so bad that now he's looking through the lenses of saying, all these things are against me. That word against in the Hebrew means above or over. Have you ever had so much come against you that you're overwhelmed? Have you ever felt like, God, I, I can't handle any more of this? Stop. It, it means over or beside, to come down or to be against, beside, beyond, or afflicted. Have you ever felt like God pointed you out like, a, like an ant and he was just pressing on you? Come on, somebody. God taking a magnifying glass and trying to burn you. I used to do that as a kid. I was cruel. But have you ever felt like God was just pointing you out just to pick on you? This is where Jacob's at at this point. And let, me, let me clear up a misconception for those of you at home because when you don't know the word, the enemy's able to twist things in your life. We always say God won't allow us to go anything more than what we can handle. There's nowhere in the word it says that. He says he will not allow a temptation beyond what you can handle without providing a way of escape. Come on, say it again, Pastor. See, some of you are, you don't even know the word good enough to know that when you're going through a tough time, how many of you know there's some things that we've gone through have been more than we can handle? How many know you've gone through some things that are more? I, I tell you what, when I've gone through the loss of my daughter, that was more than I could handle. When we've gone through some tough times in our life and found out my wife was sick, that was more than I could handle. There are some things you go through. God doesn't allow, stop all of a sudden things that take place in your life. God never said that I won't allow you to go more than what you can handle. He said he won't allow a temptation beyond what you can bear. But we go through some things that we can't handle. Why? Because it's in those moments. Come on, somebody. It's in those moments that you rely on God. That when I'm weak, then he's made strong. When I don't have the strength to handle it, I lean upon the Savior. I lean upon the creator of the world. Listen, there's some things you can't do on your own. God may not cause those things in your life, but he'll utilize those things for you to be able to lean on God. Guess what? You are not strong enough to put your marriage together. You're not strong enough to pull, that, pull yourself out of that sickness. You're not strong enough to break that addiction. You can't do it on your own. That's what the Holy Spirit's all about. Some of you at home keep coming up with excuses as to why you can't. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. We got this misconception. We accept Christ and everything is smooth sailing. 
at the moment you accept Christ, the enemy puts you on his map. Because, Dad, if you give your life to Christ, over 87% of your family will follow Christ as well. But if the father isn't serving God, that percentage drops to under 20%. So if I could stop you, I could stop the generation. He's not after just you. He's after the generations that come after you. Oh, come on, somebody. That's why you got to fight. That's why you got to stay in it. That's why it's not about you. It's about the generations that you're carrying. It's about your son and your son's son and your children and your children's children. I can't afford to give up. I can't afford to lay down the sword. There's generations after me that need me to hold on. We have the misconception that we're not going to go through anything wrong. You can't judge God's goodness based on your situation. Loss has a way of tainting our faith. And Jacob's going through some resistance. Everyone say resistance. For, for those of you that work out, like me, for those of you that work out, it's the resistance the bar puts on you. It's the resistance June's heck buffed. He's the one that would, we would use as an example. Guy's doing major weight squats and the, the amount of weight he pushes up. But what's impressive is the amount. The more weight you put on, the more resistance comes against the muscle. Jacob is going through a time in his life where he's experiencing resistance. That the enemy's pushing against him. And the more you work out that muscle, the more resistance you bring against that muscle, the more, more uh, stress you put on the muscle, the more blood that gets into that muscle. That's why the next day you feel sore. The whole idea of working out is to get more blood into that area. Oh, come on, somebody. It's all about getting more blood into that bicep, into those thighs. into the, you. It's about getting the blood. It's about getting the blood into that area of your life that you're trying to build. It's about getting the blood into that aspect of life into your marriage into your relations it's about getting the blood in there so that it causes it and shocks it to growth the more resistance you get in lifting resistance training produces growth and it's the same way in your own personal life that when you go through struggles spiritually it's that resistance that comes against you that is building your faith. I think it was Dr. John Maxwell in his book, Developing Leaders Within You. They, he says, talks about a study that was done where they took bumblebees into space. And they have these bumblebees in space. And after a while, the bumblebees begin to die. Because they didn't have to use their wings to fly. They just floated. And because there was no resistance, because there was no resistance, they died. Resistance is what kept them moving. Resistance is what kept them growing. Resistance has gave them the ability to survive. 
It's a resistance you're going through right now that is building strength for you for what God's going to bring you to later on. The resistance isn't to kill you. It's to build you. It's to develop your strength and to develop what God wants to do in your life. Hebrews 11.1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it's the evidence of things we cannot see. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes a heart, heart, makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. Stay with me, I'm almost done. A promise delayed can cause your heart to grow sick. And some of you, some of you at home, God gave you a promise and because of all the resistance you've been going through, it's caused you to develop a heart problem towards God. got heart issues now. And there has to be a spiritual bypass that starts taking place. It's so vital that we don't develop heart issues while we're waiting for our promise. But l listen carefully. Jacob's promise didn't change. Listen to me. Jacob's promise didn't change. What changed was his perspective. God never changed the promise he gave to Jacob. What changed was his outlook on things. In fact, look at Genesis chapter 23. He says this, the Lord was standing above it. He's going back. This is the promise he gave to Jacob years ago. The Lord was standing above it and said, I am the Lord God of your father, grandfather Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you the land which you are lying to, to your, and your descendants. Your descendants will be like the dust on the earth and you will spread out from the west to the east to the north and to the south. Through you and through your descendants, every family on the earth will be blessed. He goes on in verse 15, he says, remember, I'm with you. Jacob, I'm with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go, even in the midst of losing your son, even in the, per in the perception of losing Simeon, even in the perception of the famine, even in the loss of Benjamin. Baby, I'm going to be with you wherever you go. I won't leave you. I'm here to tell someone this morning, God promised to never leave you nor forsake you. He has not broken his promise. He's still with you. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you, I will also bring you back to this land because I will not leave you until I do what I've promised to do. Not leaving you. Not leave. I gave you a promise. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Until that promise comes about in your marriage, until your family's restored, until you're bro you break that addiction, until you find yourself out of debt, until your body is healed, I'm going to be with you throughout the process. You might not have gotten there yet, but just hold on. Just stay with me. I gave you a promise, and I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I sold you in at the beginning, and my word doesn't change. Your crisis doesn't change the promise. Your struggle doesn't change the promise. My, your, 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 your battle doesn't change my promise. And yet Jacob's probably feeling at this point, like some of you, God, you're not keeping your end of the deal. Come on. Lord, I see me and my wife ministering, 
that she barely even wants to come to church anymore. She doesn't even want to do the things that she used to do. He doesn't even want to come to church with me anymore. Try to pray and they don't, don't even want to pray anymore. We're so, so tainted about what we've gone through that it's affected our faith. See, I need you to understand. We're going to get ready to close. Omaha, if you would help me this morning. The enemy cannot touch your promise. care what you go through. The enemy can't change God's promise in your life. Enemy didn't give it to you and he can't take it away. Come on, somebody. I got news for you, Jacob. Your promise is still valid. God's promises don't have an expiration date. The promise God gave to you is still in effect. I'm here to tell you, the promise for your marriage is still active. The promise for your children is still active. The promise for your ministry is still active. The promise for your business, the promise for your city, the promise for your state, the promise for our nation is still active. It has not expired. We cannot allow our circumstances to take precedence over God's promises. Stand to your feet with me. Listen to me very carefully, those here live and those at home. And for those of you at home, I want you to share this video. And those of you here, share, share this message. Because there's some people that need to hear it. They have gone through such a difficult time that they're having a hard time seeing the promises of God. But the struggle around you isn't bigger than the promise within you. I want you to say that with me. The struggle around me is not bigger than the promise within me. See, the enemy isn't after your past. He's not after your past. He's after your future. That, that's why he's working so hard right now. He knows your past. He was part of your past. In fact, he, he helped lay the steps for your past. But he knows that if you get things right, the lives that are going to be trapped. He is so afraid of your, he's so afraid of your future, he keeps reminding you of your past. If I could speak to Jacob right now. As his sons say, we got to bring Benjamin with us to get more food, to make it through the famine. And he's saying, man, Joseph is gone. Simeon is gone. And now you want to take Benjamin as well? All these things are against me. If I can talk to Jacob right now, I tell Jacob, Jacob, you don't understand. Joseph is alive. Simeon is okay. And Benjamin's about to walk in to the most blessed time of his life. Oh, come on, somebody. Your breakthrough's about to happen, Jacob. You're about to walk into blessing. You're about to walk into your promise. Everything God said he's going to do is about to happen in this moment. Genesis 45, 26. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Joseph... Look, this is so powerful. His sons come back and tell him, Joseph is still alive, they told him. And tell him that they sold him into slavery and that they were responsible for all of this, but that's not important at this moment. 
Joseph is alive and he is the governor of all the land of Egypt. Jacob was stunned at the news and he what? See, God has promised in the last days to do something so amazing that even though it was told to you, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Some of you right now, no, that's not going to happen, Pastor. Watch God. Watch God. Watch God. Verse 27, and when they repeated to Jacob everything Joseph had told them, and when he, when he, he what? What is faith? The evidence of things not seen. He didn't believe it until he saw it. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe who have not seen. When Jacob saw the wagons, Joseph had sent to carry him, his father's spirit was revived. Jacob didn't believe it at first until he saw the wagons. Not wagon, wagons. Over abundance. He is the God of exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything you can ask or think. When he lifted his eyes, I don't believe that God's going to heal my marriage. I don't believe God's going to touch my body. I don't believe God can get us out of this mess. I need more help. I need this. It wasn't until he saw the wagons, until he saw the blessings of his son, uh, uh, Joseph, coming in. When he saw the wagons, I'm here to tell you right now, church, your wagons are coming in. Your wagons of blessing. Your wagon of healing. Your wagon of provision. Your wagon of breakthrough. God is about to they're on their way right now in your doubt they're on your way in your struggle they're on their way I tell you those of you sitting at home right now still struggling to grab a grab a hold of this those of you here, you feel it. I feel like something, there's a shift that's happening in some of your minds right now. There's a shift happening in your spirit right now. There, there's an awakening happening. You're seeing your wagons coming in. And if you can't see them, listen for them. Because sometimes you'll hear the sound of the wagons coming in before you see the wagons coming in. But I'm here to tell you right now, those of you at home, your promise is still alive. You're thinking everything's gone, it's dead. Jacob, Joseph's still alive. Simeon is still alive. And Benjamin's about to be blessed. I want you to bow your heads right now. I just want to speak courage to you. I want to speak encouragement to you right now. Those of you at home, you're here right now and you've been dis disconnected from God this is your moment this is your moment to find the strength that comes from God alone 
He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He promised to be with you until he brought the promise about in your life. You see, every promise given to Jacob is given to us. For Galatians tells us that if you are Christ, then you are seeds of Abraham. And we are heirs according to his promise. So every promise given to Abraham is now ours. Heads bowed and eyes closed at home and you're here. I want you right now. If your life isn't where it needs to be with Christ, lift your hands. Pastor, I just need to rededicate. I need to get things straight. God bless you. Yes, anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. You need to get some things together. God bless you. Those of you at home, just put little praise hands up to let me know that you're one of those ones that need just to get things right. I want you right now to make this declaration with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, change me. Help me to see with better lenses. Things have been tough, and it's affected my faith. It's affected my vision. Help me see through heavenly lenses today. I believe God loved me so much that he sent his one and only son to die on the cross, to pay my price, to redeem me. I receive Jesus now as Lord and Savior. Renew my promise. Restore my faith. Change my lenses. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I need you right now to text the letter ALIVE, the the words ALIVE to 408-340-7703 to the number on your screen. Text ALIVE. We want to reach out to you. We want to help. We want to pray you through. Because I believe you are starting a brand new journey that God is going to bring about something beautiful in your life. It's not over. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell them it's not over. Tell your other neighbor your wagons are on their way. As the worship team comes and we just close out and we're going to sing that song once again. Stay right where you are. Ushers will dismiss you later. But as the worship team comes, we're going to close out with that song once again. Oh, the glory of your presence. Let's invite the presence of God. Those of you at home, I know we went a little longer than we normally do, but that's all right. Because we need a little more God in our lives. Amen. We need a little more of his presence in our lives. So as the worship team comes, let's just take some time and worship and honor the name of the Lord this morning. God bless you. CWC Bay Area, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.